0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Eclectic Podcast. And today's episode is pretty much going to be post NBA draft thoughts and mostly just focused on my team, the San Antonio Spurs. So, with the NBA draft recently, yesterday we saw pretty much when it came to the lottery a few shockers, but it mostly stayed on script. It- majority of the teams, number one Kate Cunningham, number two Jalen Green, and number three Evan Mobley, just as expected, like been posted for like the last couple months, but then you get to the next pick, number four, with Scotty Barnes from FSU, who wasn't expected to actually go four as fit-wise. It was kind of questionable with Toronto. and Then after him, the guy who was expected to go to number four, Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, ended up having to go to the Orlando Magic, which is also really guard-heavy, with a lot of young guards and point guards. So then everything else kind of played out until the number 10 pick was ended up being, I want to say, I believe it was Sire Woods from Stanford. We wasn't expected to like, go in the top 10. He had the talent to be a first rounder, but not a lottery pick, just based off how his college season was. And then, unfortunately, we skip on to number 12, my team, which has fallen into the lottery two years in a row after being out of the lottery for 22 years. We decided to, well, I can't say we, because this was maybe the most shocking pick the entire draft, literally. Um, For some reason, our GM, Brian Wright, decided to take a 6'6", 18-year-old shooting guard who only averaged 8 points a game from the University of Alabama named Joshua Primo. The pick really doesn't make any sense at all, looking at the Spurs roster due to the fact that we pretty much stockpiled on a lot of guards, mostly combo guards, that are in the range of 6-4 to 6-5 for the past almost five seasons now. So this pick didn't just throw fans and spurs off, but NBA analysts and everything, sports media and everything, it's like when it comes to even some of the grades for the teams that made their picks, San Antonio kind of fell in that like bottom D to C- minus range just due to that pick alone so first I wanna say I'm not gonna talk bad about Josh Primo, I mean you don't get to select where you get chosen, like just hearing the news it's like for him, he wasn't expecting it to be taken that early. Like even before the draft, it was talked about, you know, maybe late first round for him, possibly second round, just because of how raw and young he is. Because he's actually a legitimate 18 years old. Like he went to college a year old, so he was in college at 17, playing at the University of Alabama, and. He literally was like a starting he was a starting shooting guard, but he was third, maybe fourth option on a veteran, junior, senior Alabama team that won the SEC championship this past season. So he to me it's like for him he's he's a project, obviously a being a team. But like compared to the other Young players that would be 18 or 19 or in the draft, he's more of a project than even the other ones. Because obviously, there's a lot of one and done's that come out of college, and teams are always, you know, if the talent's there, they're willing to take them. But with him, he's like a whole different situation. Like, it's not like, you know, he's this young kid that is playing overseas and just happens to be 18. It's like he's a guy who age-wise would technically be walking onto a college campus right now on high school. That's how young he is. I mean, he did play a part in Alabama, like, having a good season that it did, but he was the third option. He only put up eight points again. That's not good for a guard, and that's definitely not good for a guard to be drafted in the lottery at number twelve. When we're a team that's literally started to slowly build up to where all the young guys that we have had are finally gonna get the minutes they deserve, finally get to showcase their abilities and, you know, finally have like no one in the way since for years when it comes to some of these guys like Jonathan Murray, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, even on um, Keldon Johnson. Like, they had to wait behind veterans just due to the Spurs having the system of having their young guys first go play in the G League, even if they're a first rounder or a second rounder. It doesn't matter. They're playing in the G League for a couple months or possibly a year, and then they would have to wait behind the veterans that Coach Popovich would be pushing because he's always been you know, trying to be in the mix for a playoffs or a championship for the last five years we haven't been in that situation. So, obviously with the stockpile of guards, you know, and also the veterans in front of them, when the dust finally cleared with the guards slowly being pushed out and leaving through free agency, you would think the focus would be on the guys that have been here, have been waiting, and all we needed to do in the draft was to draft someone that doesn't clash with them, but fits in where we're lacking at. And where the Spurs have been lacking at the past two seasons, two seasons, it's been with the bigs. Like the Spurs, they literally have a team that's majority of guys that are six five and shorter. And the NBA, you gotta have bigs, or you have to have decent forwards or personal forwards. Like you can't win with just guards. Like I can't name a team that has won with just having guards. And that's why with the number 12 pick being Josh Primo, it's kind of like, it kind of alienates the fans and also it kind of alienates the players that we currently have. Like when it comes to a guy like Lonnie Walker, who has maybe had to sit back the most due to the fact that we had someone like DeMar DeRozan whose game is kind of like his, but he's more established and veteran. And we're finally about to get rid of, or possibly get rid of, Mario's gonna let him walk. And this is it, that would've been the perfect time for him to get all the minutes he needs, finally show his progress, and now we draft another shooting guard who's possibly gonna need minutes is based off where they draft him. And then when it comes to the posts, like comments made by the GM, Brian Wright, like you hear him talk about he's the best player At the position that we need He's the best player that was available right there He could possibly play the point guard On top of being a shooting guard And it's like I call it, you know, a scripted smokescreen Like you're trying to make You're trying to twist what would possibly make no sense Or just would have straight Like Venom and vitriol spit at him To cover up the fact that he decided to make a fake that makes no sense. Like it alienates the fans and alienates the players. Because I think even the point guard, Comet, kind of affects our starting point guard who just got off a full season where he was averaging like 15 to 5. Like he's slowly become better and he's becoming like the talk of trades of of other teams that have a lot of money and also have the need to win and need a point guard that could possibly be a two-way player, and our point guard DeJounte Murray fills that spot perfectly for a lot of games, so on top of alienating the shooting guards, you alienate the point guards with the pick, you literally didn't fill any need that the team actually needed, like he's preparing a player that maybe won't even get NBA minutes to like 2024. 20, that's how young he is and that's how behind in stockpile he is behind a bunch of other guards who are actually capable of being good in the NBA. So with that it's been like from what I've seen from insiders that are online and also just other people that talk about Spurs, they're Trying to do damage control, they're trying to like look at the bright side of it. But I'm like, for me personally, it's like, nah, this is this is like a setback that's like like thrown in everyone's face, and there's no bright side to it. Like for me, when it comes to buying right, and again, not trying to put extra pressure or trash Josh Primo, but. For me, it's like if Primo isn't like the next Kobe Bryant, Wayne Wade, or even James Harden, like it's it was a waste of pick. Like we had the team set up in every position except Biggs to at least be going in the right direction for the next couple years. Like we have almost everything covered except forwards and the bit. And you decide to draft an 18-year-old shooting guard that was third, fourth option on a team out of college. It's like, this isn't a situation where, hey, he just drafted, you know, James Harden, who had to be behind Russell Westbrook and Kevin Morant. Like, no, this is, like, a kid that would have been in the low first round, or possibly even the second round, in any other person's like draft board or reach, and then it's like now I'm reading news that like the reason why they reached for is because you know they liked the way his combine and workouts were looking, they loved the way he interviewed, and then it was just like they were hearing like all these scenes were talking about him like hey they want to take him first round yada yada yada. And it's like, <laughs> I've heard the saying like jumping the gun, but with front office, mostly Brian Wright did wasn't even jumping the gun. It was like the gun wasn't even brought onto the field yet to let the runners run yet. It's like he decided to run before the race was even set up. Like he drafted a guy that, again, wouldn't even be ready until another two years. That's how insane of a pick that this was when it came to this lottery and this draft overall. Like, I don't even think anybody, like, cares about the second round the dude who actually made since our team. Uh, Joe Westcamp from, uh, Wisecamp from uh, Iowa. Like, he makes sense. 6-7 forward and shoot a three. Decent on defense. But, like, it, it doesn't matter because guy who got drafted for him is like overshadowing the fact that he maybe shouldn't have been drafted by the same at all. Like, when I look at all the options that actually made sense for the Spurs, it was like he decided, well, Brian Wright decided to just go completely left. Like everything that would have made sense, it just went out the window for the pre Month. And it's like I don't like calling for like people to be fired, especially not when it's a black GM and when there's only eight black GMs, but it's hard not to say that he's kind of like tied his whole career to this one kid to be like the next all time great spur and possibly all the all time great player when it comes to the NBA. Like I'm also like reading that, you know, other teams were saying that they were gonna, you know, move up and get them, get them more. or just do whatever to get the kid. And then you find out it's like no teams really had to make any moves. Some teams completely traded out of the draft. It was like no one didn't get who they wanted. I mean, if, unless you were one of the teams that were trying to get one of the top three guys, like. Everybody wanted one of those top three guys. But nobody was, once you got past the top three guys and think that you can know, them, it's like, hey, at least we got somebody else that we want. Like with Spurs, we didn't feel a need. We didn't, like, make a trade or another. Like with the NBA, when it comes to the off season, the draft, I call it lying season. Like, you, this is where you hear the craziest stories and lives that happen when it comes to what's happening going into the draft and then what's happening in free and when I saw the pick, I was like are we trading someone? Like we have to be trading like it doesn't make sense for us to take another guard on top of the stockpile of guards we already have like it makes zero sense for this kid to become a door fan And obviously, free agency isn't until August 2nd. So there's a possibility either he gets traded or one of the guys we've already developed gets traded when it comes to free agency. So, personally, I'm just like, I don't think I've been hurt by the Spurs since the Ray Allen shot. So, the fact that we had, All the options right there. And then some of those options ended up going to actual rival teams. Like, Houston ended up getting two guys that both would have made sense for the Spurs. And now they're right down the road. Like, Charlotte ended up getting the other guy, Kai Jones, who I feel like should have been like the number one option to take right there at 12. And now he's in Charlotte. Like to say it was a reach is like it's saying that's nice. That's the nicest way you can say it's a reach, but it's like he reached so far that it like his arm should've fell off. Like this is how much of a reach for Josh Primo it was. So I don't know what's gonna happen in the off season, but it's kind of like You don't know what to expect now with the team. Because when you go from 22 years of being a playoff team to in the lottery two years in a row, it's kind of like culture shock. (laughs) I mean, I understand like every team goes through it, but when you've been on the team, when you've been watching the team go 22 years without having to be in the lottery, and then once we get into the lottery, we either do right by making a pick, like taking Devin Vassell, or we can completely miss by taking a guy like Josh Screamo, who, again, not dumping on him, but fit-wise makes zero sense for the sent. And it's like with Brian Wright, he has been a GM now three seasons, it's like he'll take one step forward and then the next step is just to set up to do a backflip to go 100 yards back. Like, the three years so far, it's been, we had the issue of Marcus Morris' contract. Well, the no contract. Because for some reason, I guess Brian Wright, you know, being Evans' first year, thinks that verbal commitment means something in a industry where if it's not on paper then it doesn't matter. Like if everyone that didn't know, you know, Brian Wright just thought that he had Marcus Morris signed to play for the Spurs. He decided that he didn't want to go to the Spurs and ended up signing Murphy's. And while he was waiting for Marcus Morris to get back, he decided that he would trade a player that the Spurs developed, six nine shooting guard slash small forward that was batons, to the Washington Wizards for pretty much nothing. Like, we didn't get a pick. I think we just got, like, cash or something for a second-round pick for a guy that would still feel the need that we need right now, which is shooting, and someone that isn't a guard. We traded him for nothing. We traded him because he thought he had a commitment when there was no contract on like that's what that's what our GM our new GM decided to do like throw away a guy who's been in the system that's shown that he's getting better who feels the need and you trade him for somebody that didn't even sign a contract and then Due to that, you know, mishap on his watch, they decided to sign Tamara Carroll. Tamara Carroll, decent three and D guy, with six six, six seven, was either hurt or did not hit whatever Greg Popovich was looking for and pretty much never even played for his words even though he signed a contract for three years twenty What I think he had to be bought out and ended up finishing the season with the Houston Rockets. So, lost. We lost a player we developed for nothing, and he ended up giving a contract to a guy who never even played for us. Pretty much, like that was year one <laughs> under Brian right. Year two, after we missed the playoffs for the first time in 22 years, you know, gets the draft. The options that we had with the lottery pick, which was number 12, was pretty much. No way you can miss unless you decided to take a guard. And then you know, we didn't take a guard, goddamn so which was good. The forty first pick that we had. Again, we don't need any guards. I know it's the second round, it's usually hard to get what you want or a quality pick sometimes, but with that draft from last year, there was actually Decent bigs that could have been taken, and instead of taking somebody like Nick Richards from the University of Kentucky, he decides to take six-one point guard Trey Jones from the University. Again, we're a team that don't need guards, didn't need guards this year, didn't need them last year, and he decides to take another guard. So. As of right now, it's like, it's kind of in the air when it comes to free agency. Like, everyone's saying that Spurs needs to go after John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks since Spurs this season has about $51 million in cash space to use to sign free agents. Since we don't have LaMarcus LaMarcus Aldridge anymore on the books and we don't have as of right now DeMar DeRozan we're both guys that were on max contracts or max contract-like contracts so when it comes to Don Collins my opinion is no like I've seen what he did his uh, current playoffs but I also watched him years prior before he became a free agent so With John Collins, 6'9", 6'9", 6'7", power forward for the Hawks, to me, he's just not it. And due to the fact of Popovich still being the coach, he definitely wouldn't fit. Just because his style of play doesn't match the type of forwards that Popovich is used to. And the fact that we would maybe have to match what his team, the Atlanta Hawks, can offer him, it would make no sense to tie our franchise down to a guy who's proven to be a part time second option slash part time third option for the Atlanta Hawks to a contract that maybe ends up being like a hundred plus million for like five years. Like that's not the type of guy you give max money to on a team that's pretty much going into rebuild. Even though he fits that gap that we could have easily drafted to fix, like to give him a 100 plus million after watching how he played in the playoffs. And pretty much, he's the first two rounds, he kind of lucked out. First round, the Hawks played the Knicks, and Mitchell Robinson, they were um, pretty much their best center, was out, Andrew. And pretty much, he looked decent against them. But really, it was DeAndre Hunter, who was kind of the main reason why Julius Randle and the other wings for the Knicks couldn't really do anything against Atlanta. And on top of that, it's kind of been established, like, like it's, it's been too many situations in news where you would hear, like, situations where he would be taking shots at his teammate and the established face of the franchise, Trey Young, and... I don't think that would be somebody that you would want to have in San Antonio and possibly give money to a guy that at no point is the face of a franchise. Like, uh, I don't think he'll ever be all NBA or even an all star. And so I don't think that with this free money that San Antonio finally has to use, they should be wasting it on a guy like that. Like, there's no point. And going backwards even more when we can go the cheap route. We can look at somebody like a Bobby Borders. who's pretty. We can possibly look at some other guys but when it comes to filling a need I don't think we need to throw a max contract at a guy who at no point was the face of the franchise because when it came to DeMar DeRozan why he got a max contract with Toronto because he was the face of a franchise. But Marcus Alders, when we signed him, you know why we signed him? Because he was the high-quality big, he was a face of a franchise in Portland. John Collins was the second and the third option for the Atlanta Hawks. And I think because of his age with him being like 25, they think that he still has time to grow and he would, I guess, Fit the timeline with the other young players on the, uh, the Spurs, and I'm thinking if it was at a cheaper price, then yeah, it would make sense price-wise. And due to the fact of again, being six ten, and us not having a lot of depth at the bigs, but for a hundred plus million, no, I wouldn't even pick up the phone for them. Like it's it doesn't make any sense for people to even throw that in the air that we need to sign a guy with that type of background. I mean, there's film to show that he's not elite. Like he's not a max contract guy on any other team. Like he's barely a max contract guy on the team he's on right now. Because just imagine him in the West having to play up against Anthony Davis for games Or possibly having to go up against, let's just say Rudy Gobert. He's maybe not elite, but he's a top defender. What What is gonna happen? Because we just saw what happened in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like when he had to play without Dre Young, he literally had a game in the Eastern Conference Finals with four points. We've seen him play against the Spurs, and he literally finished the game with like, three, four points, and even got dejected because he was that frustrated. Like, that's not the type of guy you give max money to. You give max money to the guy who's the second option that can easily be the face of a franchise. Or you give it to the guy who's capable of being the actual face of a franchise and the first option. Like, you don't give it to a guy who's on the team on the East a young team I bet that's barely a second option and sometimes majority of his career has been playing like a third option like that doesn't make sense to give that type of money to that guy just because we have it so hopefully with free agency coming up Brian Wright and the front office can possibly make up for this unexpected frustrating draft that just passed um, with that, I think I'll keep this one short because I feel like if I actually went into the actual details and the notes that I wrote down, I sound like I'm ranting and kinda of ripping apart everybody. <laughs> That's not the case. So, um with that hopefully everybody that had a team in the draft got what they wanted and hopefully everyone has a Decent (laughs) Free agency So with that um, Thank you again for listening Hope you come back and listen to the next episode Yeah